Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Son of God, the Savior of the world, was born. He lived. He died. He rose again to save us. And it is by his sacrifice and by his powerful resurrection that we are saved. This is the gospel. This is the good news, and there is no other. And the good news for us today comes to us from Mark's gospel and also Matthew's. In Mark's gospel, we read the words, And the women made their way to the tomb. And they said to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us to the entrance of the tomb? And also in Matthew's gospel, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, he is risen. I tell you, he is risen. He is not here. He has risen just as he said he would. And this is, without a doubt, the very word of our God. Well, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. You know, you can't help but say those words and put a thousand exclamation marks behind it. And yet some people, they punctuate that phrase with a comma. Because to them, Easter is just a a time to pause. A time to stop and maybe listen to the Easter account. But that's about it and nothing more. To other people, Easter is one big, bold period. Because to many people in our world, Easter is just some spring ritual that has no real lasting meaning. It's not much better than the Easter bunny or candy or whatever else trappings go on around Easter. It's just a spring ritual that really doesn't impact people's lives. Other people would say, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, but they would say it with sort of a question mark behind it. They want to believe in the resurrection, but they're not sure. they got a lot of questions about it, because to their human thinking, it's just not reasonable. But to you and to me, I pray that Easter is a giant exclamation. An exclamation of gratitude and thanks and praise that he has conquered sin, death, the grave, and the devil for us so that we might live forever. I'm sure that many of the followers, especially the women, as they made their way to the tomb on that Easter morning, had all of those question marks. They had that logistical question, who will roll away the stone for us? They were weary and discouraged. They were trying to make sense of everything that had happened during the course of the last few days. And they were coming to the tomb. They were coming believing not that Jesus was alive, but that he was dead. And that the least that they could do was honor and respect their friend and their teacher by anointing his body with spices as was the Jewish custom. You know, we all have our questions throughout life, right? Especially when a loved one dies. We get all those questions. And you know, death is truly a strong force. It can separate us from our loved ones. It can cause moments of loneliness and despair. It can even get us to question everything that we believe in. A young teacher dies. A high school student dies. A young person dies. Grandma or grandpa pass away. 
And immediately we're confronted with the question, why? My God, my God, why? I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I don't know the answer to the why question, but I do know the answer to the what question. I know what God has done for me. I know what he's done for you. And I know that because of what he has done in his life and death and resurrection, I know that death for a Christian is not the end. It's really just the beginning. And yet sometimes life in this world can be hard. Sometimes it seems like we have no hope or no future. There's days when things are going along all right. The kids are getting along with one another. You got food on the table. You got a roof over your head. Everything seems to be going great. But then there are other days when we have questions and we have doubts. Even the early Christians had doubts and fear and uncertainty. And that's why St. Paul wrote the words of the epistle lesson for today, the New Testament, where he says this, If in Christ we have hope only for this life, then we of all people are to be pitied more than anyone. You know, how easy it is for us to doubt the most important and fundamental doctrine of the Christian faith. And that's the resurrection of Jesus. You know, how often don't we live our life as if Jesus were still dead? As if he were buried in some sort of grave outside of Jerusalem, decaying in the ground. And there's other times when we live and when we act, uh, and we're defined by the trials and the crosses in our life. Now, I'm not suggesting that as a Christian, you have to paste a smile on your face every day and that you have to walk around with a positive attitude all the time because heaven knows there are times when things are hard in this sin-filled world. We suffer in this life. It's real. It's painful. And sometimes it really hurts. But Jesus has, in fact, risen again from the dead. And this is good news, great news, for poor and weak sinners like us. You know, it was David who wrote these words hundreds upon hundreds of years before the events of this day. Here's what he said in Psalm 16. He said, For you, O Lord, will not abandon me. You will not abandon my soul to hell. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see decay. For you will lead me in the path of life. For in your presence there is a fullness of joy. And in your hands there are pleasures evermore. You see, the path that we walk through in this life is one in which we follow the Good Shepherd. Remember the words of Psalm 23? The Good Shepherd, the one who is the resurrection and the life, said, I will lead you through this valley of the shadow of death. I will not leave you here, but I will leave you, lead you through it. And this is no pie-in-the-sky sort of hope. It is a reality based upon the resurrection. You know, the women came with their questions. They came weary and discouraged. A loved one dies. That's what we go through. We get weary and discouraged. They had questions. Seemingly no answers. And they were ready simply to settle for anointing the body of their dead friend. But instead of that, they were filled with an unspeakable joy. The angel announced to them the greatest news that had ever been heard. 
I tell you, he is not here. He is risen, just as he said he would. But you know, I think a lot of people uh, fail to understand, really, the concept of the resurrection. They really don't understand why it's such a big deal. And I think one of the reasons why they don't see it such a big deal is because they don't understand the seriousness of sin. In our sin, we separate ourselves from God. If our sin is not forgiven, we have no hope and no future. We are eternally separated from God. You see, when you understand what you've been rescued from, it changes the whole way you look at Easter. An open, an empty tomb is not what the women expected to find. And yet, that's what they found. That's what they needed. That's what the disciples found. And what they got was more than just a neon sign that says open. You know, you ever been uh, late at night? You need something from the drugstore or someplace else, and you come across that sign that says open, and you're relieved. You know, they were met by the angels on this morning. And the angel brought them that great news. He is not here. He is risen. God often used the angels, those special agents, to announce the good news of the gospel. They showed them the empty tomb, and they proclaimed the truth that Christ had risen. But let me bring this down to our day. You know, this morning, I have a real pastoral concern that we just don't look into the empty tomb uh, with some sort of apathetic look, or that we simply go home with an indifferent attitude or mood, as if nothing special happened today. And yet I would suggest that's exactly what is happening throughout Christendom today. Many people are becoming indifferent, not only to God's Word, but they're becoming indifferent to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because they're oblivious to the seriousness of sin and unbelief. You know, Jesus condemns sin. That's why he died on the cross. And people aren't going to hell because they sinned, but rather they're going to hell because either they're trying to save themselves or they don't believe they're sinners. What's the Bible say? If we say we have what? No sin. We deceive ourselves. I mean, that's a sad thing when you try to deceive or fool yourself. That's the worst kind of thing of all. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, God says. But they who confess their sins, God is what? Faithful, and he is just to keep his promise. You know, every once in a while, I run into somebody who tells me they've never sinned in their life, they've never done anything wrong, and I feel like, eh, never mind, I'm not going to go there. But, you know, I just don't understand that. Really? You can't be serious, can you? And yet our culture has redefined sin or has even attempted to wipe it out. You know, surveys suggest over and over again for the last 20 years, hasn't changed much, says that 75% of Protestant clergymen no longer believe that Jesus physically rose again from the dead. You know, That's shocking. I read that study and I said, you know, it can't be true. So what I did a number of years ago 
is I called up 20 pastors. It's always a nerve-wracking thing when another pastor calls you up. And I said to them, look, I don't want to argue with you. I just want to kind of find out, you know, what's happening in your church and some of the views, because I can read all about that in the books. Sure enough, here's one of the questions that I ask him. Do you believe that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead? And sure enough, 15 of them said, no, you can't say Jesus physically rose again from the dead. I said, well, what can you say then? Well, we believe that he spiritually rose again from the dead, but he didn't physically rise again from the dead. And again, if you say that, do you understand the consequence of that? If Christ did not conquer death, then there can be no forgiveness, because God the Father wouldn't have accepted his sacrifice. And not only that, there could be no hope for eternal life. I mean, if Jesus couldn't conquer death, then what hope do we have? A friend of mine that I used to be in ministry with about 25 years ago, he once said it this way. He said, you know, some of these guys are so smart that in the end they're going to outsmart themselves right out of heaven. And of course, during this time of the year, before Christmas and before Easter, all of the so-called higher critics roll out of the woodwork. And they seek to convince us that the Gospels are fake. That the Gospels are false. That Jesus didn't say 90% of what is recorded in the Scriptures. You know, we are told also today there is no such thing as absolute truth. The only truth there is, is that there is no truth. It's also not surprising as we find ourselves in this kind of climate, that Christians are becoming timid and fearful when it comes to proclaiming in a strong, meaningful way the resurrection of Jesus to their family and to their friends. This is tragic not only for us, but it's tragic for our children. You know, our world, like never before, needs people like you. It needs people who are bold, and joyful in proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ and its eternal significance for our lives. You know, when you take your faith in Christ seriously, then by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not a problem to celebrate Easter with joyful excitement. When by the power of the Holy Spirit we take the resurrection seriously, then we can live strong lives in word and in deed, in full assurance that Jesus Christ is alive. I can't tell you how good it is to celebrate Easter with you today. You know, to have the assurance that you know whose you are, you belong to him. And you know, without a doubt, where you're going. That he's never going to leave you or forsake you. But in a world that is spinning out of control a world that is on an unstable course, how important it is for us to put our trust in Christ. You know, we live in a day and age where we hear all kinds of uh, problems with fake news. Fake news. To the point that we don't know what to believe anymore. You know, fake news has had a negative impact upon the gospel. How many people have I run into recently who tell me, you can't believe any of what God says? That's just fake. Somebody fabricated. Somebody made that up. In a climate like this, 
All the more we need to daily, daily repent of our sin. We need to remember the seriousness of our sin. But we also need to remember Jesus' promise to us. And what is that promise? Jesus said it in the face of the death of his loved one, Lazarus. What did he say? I am the resurrection and the life. They who believe in me will live even if they die. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the question that Jesus asked Martha. And that's the ultimate question that you and I need to know the answer to. Not just with our head, but with our hearts. Because remember, on the last day, a lot of people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. Because that's the distance between their head and their heart. There's a lot of people that know about Jesus. In fact, the one person who knows more about Jesus than anybody else, but's not going to be in heaven, is the devil. He always calls Jesus by his proper title. He always calls him the Son of God. But he doesn't believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. I pray that your response, I pray that your confession is the same as that of Martha. Yes, Lord, I believe. Powerful confession, spoken from your heart. I would invite you to stand and say those words with me as we confess our faith. Yes, Lord, I believe. And we confess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the the third third day day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.